Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, it's very important to understand truth. We live in a time where people don't think there's absolute truth. And they'll tell you that. There's many roads that'll take you to truth. But God has a road that's found in his word. It's the road map for life. And it is absolute truth. You know, when we go to court, I don't know if you've ever been in court before, but uh, if you go to court and you're going to stand up and be a witness, you know, and related to testify or something, you know, to give a part in what's going on in the proceedings. And they'll tell you, you know, put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. Now, they do let us call on God in court. Thank God we need it there. But you know, one thing that I've always noticed about the truth that they're asking you to verify and tell your story and really what happened and don't, you know, embellish it, don't add anything to it, just tell the truth. And the thing about it is, though, when that person gets on that stand and they begin to give the truth, it's only a portion of truth seen through their eyes and other people have a part of that truth. You understand what I'm saying? You know, if I see something happen, if I see... Uh, someone get hurt or an accident or something like that. I perceive it in one way, but another person that had another angle or something going on, what? They perceive it a different way. But is that not truth? Well, yeah, it's truth that they have. But you know what? This is the thing about God's truth. His truth is ultimate truth, and it's the, it is the whole truth, nothing but the truth. See, we give it, you know, in in our own eyes, but God knows the end from the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So he doesn't have a piece of truth like we may have. He has the whole truth. And see, that in court, they're asking for the whole truth, but they're only going to get a portion of the truth from that one person. But God says, I can see the end from the beginning. So if you trust me and you do it my way and follow my guidebook for life, you'll get where you need to go. You'll end up in the right destination. Where if we do it our way or do it the way of our friends or someone, you know, who's counseling us, if it's not in line with the Word of God, we don't know where we're going to end up. And, you know, I got to thinking about, you know, uh, like in a denomination. Now, I'm not against denominations. I, I belong to a denomination, grew up in a denomination. A lot of good things happened in my life through that denomination. So, I'm not against it. But you know what? If your denomination does not line up with the truth of God's Word, guess what? Who do you follow? You follow God's word. That's what you do. You don't follow, you know, the denomination, what the denomination says. Now, many years ago, I had to make a determination. The determination was that I read things in the Bible that were contrary to the denomination that I belonged to. And not only that, it was contrary to the leadership 
And that's where it gets a little sticky. See, God wants us to follow leadership. He wants us to follow our church as long as it lines up with the Word of God. But when it doesn't, then we have a choice to make. I had a choice to make. And it was a very difficult one. And I can remember the choice. And I can remember really this inward struggle going on inside of me. Because I've been taught one thing all of my life. I heard it over and over again. You want to know what it was? There's several things. But once saved, always saved. And as I began to read the Bible, the truth, the guidebook for my life, as I began to read it, it was going against grain. It wasn't lining up with what I had been taught and what I had been told. And so that I can remember so clearly. And you know, if you haven't experienced that, there'll come a day where the Word of God will challenge you against what you believed and you have to change. Now, I'm not talking about every, you know, wind of doctrine. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's what I'm talking about. Not that somebody comes up with some new doctrine or some off-the-wall something. I'm talking about that where it's established in the Word of God in a denomination or someone you've loved has told you a certain thing and God is going to demand of you that you make a decision. Will you believe the truth or will you choose to go the way of your denomination? I can remember that inward struggle going on on the inside of me when I was a young person and I just began to read the Bible and I began to see those things. That it wasn't just so cut and dry as I thought it was. That I could never lose my salvation. If I want to backslide and live like the devil and get so far out there, I can lose it. But as long as I stay close, I don't fear that. I don't have to fear that. But you know, you read Hebrews and it tells you about someone that tasted of the heavenly gift. And they got so far away that they couldn't get back to God. So all those things... And there was that inner struggle because I'd heard it all my life. I grew up in it, and I was at that particular time in a church that was still preaching it. And I mean, I was torn. I was pulled. Do you remember when you first heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you were torn, and you were pulled? But you had to make a decision. I saw people make a decision not to receive it, not to believe it in the same way that I had a choice of what was I going to do with truth and I decided and you know at first we talked you know to the leader in our church the pastor and we talked to him and we told him our struggle and you know what he said he looked at us and he said if that's what you believe you're not welcome here because we don't believe that. Well, then I go back again and I start praying. And here's that inner struggle going on. Well, God, you know, is this you? You've, you've, got, to, you've got to show me here. And all the time, the witness of the Holy Spirit was lining up with what the Word of God says. Because the Spirit and the truth agree. And so there I was. I was so torn because I loved my church. I loved my pastor. But I had to make a decision that I was going with God. And we, and we did. We made that decision. 
And it's the same thing with many things in our life. But I've watched people over the years. They go back to a dead denomination. They go back to a place that is believes contrary to what... I'm not talking about what I say, contrary to what the book says. They do it all the time. So who will believe the report of the Lord? Who will? That's what Isaiah said. Who is going to believe what God says? Who is going to believe this truth that I have lined out, that I have given them? Who is going to believe it? And you know, we make the choice that we will be the one to believe it or not. You know, I've decided come hell or high water, I'm going with God. I'm going with His Word. And you know, and we sang the song just not too long ago, though none go with me, still I will follow. I don't want to go alone. I don't like going alone, but I've had to go alone. But you know what? I've always, I've always learned this. I don't stay alone because God brings other people that are just like me who love God with all their heart and the best they can, they want to obey truth. They want to receive and obey truth. Don't you? I believe you do tonight. So we, we must choose to serve the Lord. And Joshua said it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's he saying? We will believe the word of the Lord. We will believe the truth of what God speaks. That's what we choose to believe. See, Believing truth, receiving truth as it is as easy is making the decision. Well, God, I believe you. God, I believe your word. If it goes against my tradition, if it goes against what I believe for years, I believe you. See, we have to make that, uh, that determination. It's very, very important. And Joshua made it, and he made it not only for himself, but he made it for his household. We can make those decisions too. Well, you say, I can't make, you know, my children serve God. I can't make my spouse serve God. That's exactly right. But I know that when you make that decision, God is not going to stop dealing with your husband or your wife or your sibling or your children, whatever the case may be. He won't stop dealing with them as long as you have dedicated that house to the Lord. Well, and you don't go slapping that in their face maybe, but in the spirit realm, that's where you bear down on it. Can you say amen? amen. Now, uh, John 17, 17, it tells us what really what truth is. It says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Now, this word sanctify means to set apart. Set them apart through your truth. Your word is truth. So it tells us what the absolute truth is. The word of God is the truth. Well, somebody said this. Well, the word of God is the truth. Somebody else said that. The word of God is the truth. And the truth will separate you out. It'll make you stand out in the pack. It'll make you walk in a different way. It'll make you talk in a different way. It'll make you act in a different way. And if it doesn't, you better check up because something is not right. It separates you. It pulls you out 
of the pack. You know, the Bible said that Daniel was more excellent than his fellows. You know what that means? It means that he is superior and that he did stand out. Now, he's not superior in that he's better than everybody else, but he's superior in that he has chosen to follow God and obey the truth. And it makes you live in a superior way. You understand what I'm saying? But it separates you. It pulls you out from being like everybody else. The Bible says you're a peculiar people. That doesn't mean you're a flaky person. Peculiar means you're just not like everyone else. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't mean you take a truth in the scripture and go to some extreme and embarrass yourself and embarrass everybody else. That's not what it's talking about. You're peculiar in that everybody else is going one way, you're going another. Everybody else believes certain truths, what so-called truths, you believe the absolute truth. And people will persecute you. They'll put you down many times for what you believe. But guess what? You'll only get stronger if you won't give in and give up. We can't be spiritual wimps. You remember Noah? They were mocking and scoffing him when God told him. God's word, the truth, came to Noah and said, build this ark. And it never rained before. And everybody you know, was laughing at him, mocking and scoffing and persecuting him. But he just kept right on building. He was focused on the rhema word of God that God had given him, that truth that came forth, and he was going to build that ark. And one day the rain came, and the rain descended, and it fell, and the earth was flooded. And guess what? The people that were mocking and scoffing the very truth, the word that came to Noah, weren't mocking and scoffing anymore. They wanted on the boat. But it was too late, and they couldn't get on. But they had every opportunity because Noah was preaching the truth that God had given him. So, you know, sometimes when you preach the truth, you speak the truth. Everybody's not real wild about it, but one day they will be. Amen? Now, let's turn to Matthew 15 and verse number 6. Matthew 15, 6. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your traditions. Now, I want us to look at that right now. Man's traditions, if they're not rooted and grounded in the Word of God, which is the truth of God, are no good. Not only, it it doesn't just stop truth, it'll take you backwards. Man's tra- now, what about the traditions that are good? God does talk about in the Bible uh, good traditions, you know, hold fast to the traditions. You know, so traditions aren't all bad, but when it's a tradition of men that has nothing to do with the truth of God's Word, that's when we get in trouble. He said, thus have the traditions of men made the Word of God of none effect. And so traditions of men... If, you, if that's what you believe, if that's what you stand on, you know, your Hail Marys or whatever, and I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be mean, but you don't read that in the Bible anywhere. That is a tradition. 
And if they want to do it and it makes them feel good, so be it. But that's not where the deliverance comes through Hail Marys. It comes through the Word of God. I hope you don't think I'm being mean because that's not what I'm trying to do. Now, I want us to look at this. When, when it says that thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect. That word none effect. I want us to look at that. Do you know what it means? Undynamic. Undynamis really is, is the Greek word. In other words, you know what dynamis is. Miracle working power. Undynamis. You take away the power, the miracle working power of God's Word when you just stick to your traditions, man's traditions. Now, that's powerful to me. You're you're taking away the power and doing it. You make the Word of non-effect because of man's tradition. Who would have thought that? I wouldn't have thought that, but that's what the Bible says. And so... If it's not a godly tradition and it's a man-made tradition and that's what we're holding to. We got to go through our, you know, little whatever we have to do. It's not going to change anything. But when you believe God and you believe his word, that's when it's going to make a difference. And that's when it's going to matter. Now, I think it's really interesting how that we can take a powerful thing such as the word of God... And we can make it to where it doesn't produce anything in our life. Martin Luther said this. He said, peace if possible, but truth at any rate. And I believe that truth, whatever it takes, truth. Amen. Hosea 4, 6. Now we're going to turn there. If you'll just take your Bibles, turn to the Old Testament. And we'll go to Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee that thou shall be no priest to me seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God and I will also forget thy children. Now you could say a lot about that, but I'm not going to, I'm zeroing in here. My people, this is not people outside of Christianity. This is people that are in, my people are destroyed. They're silenced and they're cut off for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge I will reject now think about that we don't need to be rejecting knowledge we need to be open and receptive to it and when we hear things and see things that are contrary to the tradition of men then we have to make that choice again what will we believe and we believe of course the report of the Lord Destruction then, as you see, my people are destroyed. Destruction comes into our lives many times because of this lack of knowledge. We need to be acquainted with the truth. When you're not acquainted with the truth, when you don't know the truth, detrimental things can happen. I like, let's just look right down here in verse 9. I thought this was interesting as I was reading this today. And there shall be like people, like priests. You know what that means? 
Whoever you listen to, that's how you're going to respond and that's who you're going to look like and that's who you're going to sound like and that's who you're going to become like. So it's important who you listen to. I've got people that I love to listen to, that they feed my spirit. And, you know, to become more, you know, like the Jesus that's in them, that's okay. But there's some people, I don't want that spirit on me. I don't. And so, you know, I, I don't just listen to anybody and everybody. Now, I can, I can learn, but there are people that feed me more than people that li- feed, um, that, you know, that, that feed me and others who don't so much. But like people, like priests. Just remember that. That is good. And, and, and you'll be careful who you listen to. Some people, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, and, and, you know, maybe before you grow, maybe you don't think it matters. And, you know, you just listen to this, that, and the other. But you need to get founded and you need to get grounded on the truth. And not be just tossed to and fro, like the Bible says, like the waves of the sea. But be established in Him. Amen. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, what we have to do is we have to know the truth. And knowing that truth is what will set us free. It didn't say the truth will set us free. It said the knowledge, knowing, understanding The truth is what is going to make us free. And I think that word make, really when I look at that, that that has to do with maintaining your freedom. You get free and then you maintain your freedom through being a student of God's word. Now, do I believe that, um, you know, getting into the word of God and, and understanding the truth of God is just for a minister? I used to believe that. I must have because I never got into it, by, you know, for myself. And so, well, that's just for someone else. But see, we know today because knowledge is abounding and because Jesus' return is growing closer and closer, we understand that it is not enough to just receive from the pulpit. We've got to have a daily diet of the truth to dispel this mess that is in the world today. I've never seen anything like it. They call evil good and good evil. That's where we are. I've never seen people twist the truth like they do today. I've never seen it in all my life. And if you listen to it, you'll almost begin to believe that what they say is true. When all the time it has nothing to do with truth. It's all twisted and warped to get you to believe and buy into what they want you to. You shall know the truth, and it will make you free. You shall follow that kind of believing and that kind of speaking that people do, and you'll be twisted and warped like they are. They all have an agenda when that happens. They have an agenda. Oh, we're for you. Yeah, I know you are. You speak one thing, and you do another. The Bible doesn't want us to be double-tongued. We speak what we believe. We believe, therefore we speak. And so, there needs to come 
something that happens in this day that we live in for sure. But you shall know the truth. You shall know it. You shall understand it because you get into it, because you hear it, because you live it. And you shall be free. You shall be made free. Now turn with me. I'm giving you a lot of scripture tonight, but I don't really know any other way to establish my point. In 2 Timothy 4, 3, it says this. There will be times, this is out of the Message Bible if you want to put that up, 2 Timothy 4, 3. There will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching. Whoa, could we be there? But will fill up on spiritual junk food, catching opinions that tickle their fancy. Now, I think that translation, that just says it. Fill up on spiritual junk food. And I'm sad to say, and I'm not, I don't have any church in mind, but I'm sad to say many of our churches today, that's what they offer is spiritual junk food. I like potato chips, don't you? Barbecue, I love them. I love french fries. I love hamburgers. But you know what? If that's all you eat, that's junk food, and your body is going to start suffering because of it. And your spiritual life is no different. If that's all you put in is spiritual, well, you know, just give me a good latte today, would you, preacher? And while you're at it, just throw in one of those nice donuts with sprinkles on it. And God said, get in the house of the Lord and eat your spinach. Eat that meatloaf. Oh, but I want my french fries. Well, God said, it's spiritual junk food. In this translation, I love that. There will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catching opinions, catching them, just pulling them out. Oh, I like that. Let's rec- okay, I believe that now. Okay, over here, let's take that one. That, that's a good one. I really like that. You know, sometimes you don't like everything. Sometimes the Word of God corrects you. Sometimes the Word of God gets you back on track. Well, we don't like that, though, because we like our ears to be tickled. Now, if you will put up on the screen... No, before I go there, I'm going to read in uh, 2 Timothy 3... Because I, I was just referring to that uh, 3.16. All scripture is given by God. What is, what is scripture? It's the word of God. And word of God is what? Truth. Okay. All truth. And you're not twisting anything to say that. All truth is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. God's word is profitable. It doesn't take away it may look like it for a little way, a little while, but it always adds back. All the scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, this tells you why that you can receive the Word of God and what will be the results when the Word of God comes forth in your life. It says that it will be profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine trains you. You will be trained. If you go to a job, don't you want to be trained before you begin? Well, in the house of God, God wants you to be trained in doctrine. And that's what we endeavor to do here constantly. Then also this word reproof. That has to do when you go the wrong way. That's training for when you go the wrong way. And many of us throughout our, uh, you know, our Christian walk with the Lord, sometimes we start drifting and going the wrong way. But the truth and the Word of God will pull you back onto the right path. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then it goes on to say it will correct you. It's how to go the right way. You were going the wrong way, but now God's going to correct you and show you how to go the right way. And that's good. And then he will give you instruction, and that is how to stay on the right way. All those things are what God will do for us. Amen? The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And so there are times when man doesn't believe the ultimate truth, the absolute truth of the Word of God, but we have to be determined, let God be true in my life and let every man be a liar. I've lost friends because they didn't believe the, the Scripture and because they told me that, you know, I was going the wrong way. We were in a Bible study when, when we were young and, uh, you know, we hadn't been married long in that Bible study and we loved these people become friends with them and uh and and you know we started reading the bible for ourselves seeing things about the walk of the spirit people being healed and all. well no that that died out with the apostles well I don't see that I am the same yesterday today and forever that's what I see well we don't believe that and we had a parting of the ways let God be true and every man a liar. Now, we weren't enemies, but we just knew we couldn't, you know, uh, you got to be in agreement. Amen. How can two walk together except they be agreed? So we couldn't walk together in a Bible study because things we were seeing were things that they were not open and receptive to see. And I just say that because, you know, sometimes we're on the other end of that. I'm not trying to put anyone down because sometimes we might be the people that are on the other end of that through our Christian walk with the Lord. And, you know, somebody wanted to go on and with the truths of God's Word. And, you know, we were the one that put the spiritual break on. But whatever the case, we don't want to live there, do we? Acts 19.20 says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So God's word, his truth, will prevail. It will grow. I think that's a good truth for us to understand. That God's word so mightily grew the word, so mightily grew the truth. See, it was growing in the people, and then there was that outgrowth was a manifestation of the strength and power of God, and it, and it said the word prevailed. The word prevailed, and that's important for us to, uh, to understand that because it means to hold or possess when God's Word begins to grow in you, the things that you're believing God for, the things that you've released your faith for, you can hold on to them. You can possess them. 
when the Word of God is growing on the inside of you. And it should be in all of us all the time. Now, there, all of us, you know, there are times when we don't get to pray and we don't get to read the way we want to. Can everybody say amen? I'm included in that. But you know what? I don't get down over that because I'm not going to stay there. You know, if I miss some time, I'm going to get right back in there. If I have to make myself, if I'm tired, if it's at night and I'm falling asleep, Eddie's gone to bed, you know, and, uh, you know, and I wish I could, oh, I want to go to bed. No, I'm going to sit down here because I hadn't read today, and I'm going to get the truth in me. And I may fall asleep two or three times, but I'll just wake myself up. And I'm finishing that. (laughs) I'm finishing that. Did you hear me? You may have to have that same determination because that truth is going to what, uh, what will help me hold on and possess what God has given me. Amen. So the word grows and it gets stronger in us and it causes us to possess our inheritance that God has given us. And we're not giving it up. Amen. Now, if you turn to Luke 4, 6, which we don't have time to do that, as you see that story over there, you see that Jesus overcame Satan himself, the demonic powers of hell. How? By the truth. Because the devil spoke half-truths, twisted and warped truths, but Jesus spoke the truth. And the devil couldn't resist it, and it bound him up, and it kept him. You know, the devil said, Jesus, all this belongs to me. It's been given over to me. Now, that was the truth because Adam gave it to him. Adam gave the devil what God had given to Adam for us to enjoy. But it but he lost it. And so Satan was speaking that, you know, but he was trying to tempt him, spirit, soul, and body, as you look over there, and we don't have time to go there. But Jesus kept saying the truth. It is written. And see, sometimes we just need to speak the truth. When the devil is attacking, when, when you know, those waves of unbelief and those waves of, you know, what the devil is trying to put in our life of fear and doubt and unbelief and, you know, not believing in God's Word, not believing in ourself even. And when all those things come, we need to put our faith in God's Word. It is written. And that's what defeated the devil. Now, I believe in binding Satan because that's what the the Bible tells us to do. But I'm going to tell you, much binding is done through speaking the truth. Truth dispels the darkness that the enemy puts out and the lies and deception that he puts out. Amen? So we have to believe it and speak it like Jesus did. The Bible tells us to be transformed or changed or transfigured by the renewing of our mind. What do we put in our mind that renews it? Just reading, you know, our textbook and psychology and, you know, all those things. I'm not saying anything against them, and you may read stuff. It's, it's okay. I read things sometimes that are, you know, not the Bible, but primarily I'm going to zero in on the Bible. But, but, you know, you reading about 
you know, uh, something that's going on in the world today or some book of philosophy or something like that, that is not going to renew your mind. You might get some education, and that's okay. But if you want to renew or update your thinking to get in line with what thus saith the Lord rather than what thus saith the news media or thus saith the schools or thus saith the workplace, whatever the case may be, you've got to have the truth of God's Word. Be renewed. Let your mind be renewed or updated. And if you think about this word being transformed, what does that mean? It means to be transfigured. You know, a butterfly, it, st- it starts out in one stage and then it goes to another. You know, it's not so pretty and it's like, oh, get away from me. And you know, and then it turns into something beautiful. You know? And see, that's the way we are. We start out all ugly. Ugh. Isn't that the truth? I'm not just speaking about you. I'm me, all of us, you know. When we come to the Lord, we got some ugliness going on. And we go from one stage to becoming more and more into the image of God and becoming this beautiful creature that God wants us to become. But it all happens by updating our minds or our thinking. What we think is important. I said this a few weeks ago when I was teaching, but your thoughts draw things to you. You better watch what you think because it is drawing things. Well, you know, I'm afraid they're going to fire me. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid my spouse is going to leave me. I'm afraid my children are going to get off track. Look, the best thing, if those thoughts come, you pray. But don't let those things stay there. You deal with it just like Jesus did with the truth. It is written. It is written. Because those things can draw to you. Now, I'm, I'm not saying if God shows you something, then deal with it. Pray, pray about it. But, you know, if you just have thoughts, you know, just even perversion and, and those kinds of things that can go on and temptations that are there. If you think about it, it's going to draw things to you. If you think about having an affair in your marriage, if you think about committing adultery or fornication, you know what? You're going to get into that because it's going to draw because the other people are out there and it's going to come to you to give the temptation and put, put it in your path. So thoughts come, but we don't dwell on them. We deal with them. Cast your thoughts down. Isn't that what the Bible says? Cast them down and take no thought what? Saying. So remember those. That's not what we're teaching about tonight, but that's what I wanted to say. Uh, Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and sell it not. What does that mean, buy the truth? Whatever it costs, buy the truth. Whatever investment it takes, buy that. Well, I can't buy that book. I mean, that Christian book. I, I don't really have the money. You know what? You need to find the money if, if God's laying something on your heart. You need to spend. You need to invest, you know, whatever it takes. You know, in my library, I just, I just don't collect books, but there, you know, there's certain things I want in my library. So when I, you know, want to read in a, a subject and I want to study, that I can begin to, you know, just draw those things around me and begin to look at it by the truth. Invest into it. Look for things. 
that will help you grow in God's truth. And then sell it not, whatever the cost, invest, and then count it as precious. Colossians 3.16, let God's word dwell in you richly. This word let, of course you know what that means, allow. Allow allow God's word, allow his truth to dwell in you richly. You know what this word dwell means? Permanent residency. You have a residence, don't you? You live there. Well, God, here he's telling us, that, he, that we're to allow the truth of God's Word to dwell or take up permanent residency in us. Now, I want to tell you something. And maybe some of you have experienced similar things to what I'm going to share with you right now. But have you ever went to someone's home? Maybe you were invited. Maybe you had to go there for some reason. Whatever the case may be. And you went into that home, but you didn't feel welcome. There was no warmth. There wasn't any sit down. Can I get you something to drink? We're so glad that you're here. You know, inhospitable. You know, many times that's the way we are to God. Well, God, I'll throw in here a few verses, but I'm just so tired. I don't have time for this, you know. See, we need to... We need to allow the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, to have a special place and where we're warm and inviting and we count it as precious, the Word of God. And we want God come in and bring, you know, bring the truth of your Word, bring knowledge, bring wisdom, bring understanding. We need to be hospitable. I heard... Um, a preacher tell this story and it, it really touched me and he was talking about it in his younger days of, of preaching. Uh, he was going somewhere, he had to travel and got there and the preacher said, you know, we can't put you up in a hotel. We don't have the, the money to do that so we're, we want you to stay with this family. So we went into the family's home and, you know, of course they told him, okay, here's your bedroom, here's the bathroom, here's the kitchen. And then from that point on, he was on his own. When it came time to eat, he was expecting that he would be eating with them well, no, you, that's up to you to take care of it yourself. And see, sometimes that's with the way we do God in his word. Well, I'll get to that when I can. You know, we need to count it as precious. We need to be inviting when it comes to the word of God. I think that it, that is something that we can get a correction on in our thinking, don't you? I know when I, I, I began to, to see this, let the word of God, let the truth dwell in you richly. Invite it in. Invite his presence in. And be hospitable in receiving that. Can you hear me tonight? Does that make any sense to you? Sure did to me. It really spoke to me. We need to give God's word a reception that it deserves in our life. Don't ignore it and give it the cold shoulder. Welcome God's word into your life. Don't make him feel unwanted. Roll out the carpet, a grand reception. I love to do that. You know, every now and then we'll have a speaker stay, you know, in our home or something. And, you know, I just look forward to going in and the place that they're going to be in the guest bedroom and getting all that ready and get some fresh towels out and, you know, the soaps out. You know what I'm talking about. Just get that place ready, you know, and just think about, okay, and, you know, if we're going to eat this meal here, then I've got to, you know, make sure that I have this there. See, that's rolling out the red carpet. 
that's given a grand reception. And that's what God wants us to do with the Word of God. And not just count it as something flippant and unimportant. Amen? Now, um, I've only got just a few minutes more here, and I want to get into this stuff, so I'm going to have to go real fast. Are you holding on? Okay. So now don't turn me off. Okay. Ephesians six seventeen says this. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, listen to this, which is the Word of God. Say that with me. Which is the Word of God. And so here we see that the Word of God is likened into a sword. So what do you use a sword for? In the days that this was written, they would use a sword when you went into battle. Isn't that the truth? And so the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is a weapon to be used by us. In every day. Because we all face battles that we get in. And so we need the Word of God to help us get through that. Ephesians six fourteen says, Stand therefore, having your lo- loins girt about with truth. Well, what does that mean? I, I, I begin to read about this. And in the day that this scripture was written... Uh, what they had, the, the Roman soldiers, and you know, you probably can in your mind begin to think what that big Roman soldier and all the garb that, that they had, you know. And he would have what they call a loin belt. And on this loin belt would be different places to where the weaponry would be placed. In other words, the loin belt was there and it held everything in place for him so that when he got into battle, it was easy to pick it up and use it, the sword. The sword was on one side. And I think the shield... You know, the shield of faith that the Bible talks about in Ephesians, and we don't have time to go through all that. But the shield was on the other side. And then there was a pouch on the back of it, and that's where the arrows were. Get me those arrows and get them out, and they're going to be ready to go. Right there, my sword is right here, and it's going to be ready to use. The loin belt of truth. Truth is where everything, what everything hinges on. And it's so important for us to understand that. See, what Paul was given is this analogy here to this Roman soldier so that we could understand we're in the battle of life. And there are attacks that come. There's troubles that come. There's distresses that come. There's times when we have to pull out the weapons. And if you don't have your loin belt in place, they're not there. And you're going to be searching all over the place for your weapons. And not have it in place. But see, he was ready. I'm ready to go into battle. And see, that's where we need to be. We need to be ready to go into battle. Amen. You say, well, I don't want to battle. It doesn't matter. We're in it anyway. Now, turn with me uh, to Hebrews 4. I've given you a lot of scripture tonight, haven't I? Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful. This word quick means living. And it's powerful. That's the truth. The word of God is living It has life to it, and everything it touches, it brings life. 
Everything the devil touches, it br- and doubt and unbelief and everything he b- brings, it kills, steals, and destroys. For the word, the truth of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now this tells us here that God's word is able to come into our life and when we don't understand ourselves, we don't understand what's going on in our life, in our situation, that the word of God, the truth can come in and begin to cut away and begin to separate and to begin to segment things to where there can come some understanding and you know so many times you know you can you can get in God's word and he'll begin to speak this truth over your situation and something that has seemed so confusing and so jumbled he'll begin to cut a piece out he'll begin to take a segment and pull it out and bring some illumination to you on it your motives sometimes you think you have pure motives sometimes I think I do And God can show us, mm -mm. you know, how it comes through the truth and acknowledging the truth. Now, I think it's really interesting here, this word two-edged sword. You know what that means? Two-mouthed. Two-edged sword. The Word of God is a two-edged sword. Is that right? So, really what that means, two-mouthed. God's mouth has spoken the word of God, the truth, but it does not work as a two-edged sword until you put it in your mouth, the truth, the word of God in your mouth, and you speak what God spoke, and then it's a two-edged sword. But it, it remains a one, uh, you know, just a one-sided sword, a one-edged, if you will, using their words just has one side. Well, it it doesn't work. God said you have a two-edged sword in your hand, but it it isn't activated until you speak the truth of what God said. You speak it over your situation. You speak it over your calamity. You speak it over your trouble. You speak it over a situation that's not working right. You find it in the Word because God spoke it, and then you speak it. And it will cut up the situation. It will cut up. And cut it in pieces and destroy it. Amen? So we need, you know, we need a two-sided blade, don't we? We don't need just one-sided. We need two. And so we can see here then this two-edged sword of the truth of the Word of God will work for us. And it will destroy things that are contrary to that truth. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.